Folks, we here at Super Cinema love our comic book movies, but you know what we love that much more? Comic books. And Jesus Christ. I... <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Take it from the beginning. Take it from the beginning. Folks, we here at Super Cinema love our comic book movies, but you know what we love that much more? Comic books. That's right. That's why I, Ben Hamlin. And I, Nikki Boylan. Get together about once a month. To uh, sit down and talk about uh, the comics that we've been reading and the comics that we've been enjoying. And this, our Comics Invasion Super Cinema Super Special. Uh, folks, I, I kind of slurred the word month a little a little bit back there. Uh, I apologize. I know the show has been coming out kind of infrequently. Uh, it is only because we are in the process of building some very large projects for Infinity Break, uh, which we will be talking about, I'm sure, at the very end of this show, considering that one of them just launched. Woo! Spooky times. Uh, spooky times. Uh, so this is technically our September uh, comic book special. Again, sorry about that. Uh, but let's get right into it because, Nikki, you've got shit to say about, um, it says Spider-Man, but that can't be right. What do you mean? Oh, uh, you just never, you never have anything to say about Spider-Man. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, don't know Spider-Man. Uh, I don't know him. Uh, never read a comic in my life. I actually just can't read. So, if I saw um, them, if I saw this man in the street, <laughs> that was my post that I made on Twitter. I was like, I don't know what a comic book is. I can't read. <laughs> that was my reaction to opening this comic book. Oh yeah, that's right. You read a. Go ahead and tell us which exact Spider-Man book you read. I read the new Spider-Man comic by J.J. and Henry Abrams. With art by Sarah Pacelli. Colors by Dave Stewart. From Marvel Comics 2019. Nikki, again, there's such weird trepidation in your voice, and I can't pinpoint where this might be coming from. If you know me, you know how I feel about J.J. Abrams. Oh, wait, do you not like the... I'm being sincere now, because I enjoyed... I enjoy some of his work. Are you being uh, sincere in your hatred here? I don't... It's not hatred. It's just... I feel like there's... I didn't like the... the okay, people are going to roast me for this. Whatever, you can have your opinions. I didn't like The Force Awakens. Well, first of all, you are not allowed to have your opinions. But no, of course. No one's allowed to have opinions about Star Wars. That's not a thing you're allowed to have opinions about. Mm -hmm. Why do you hate Brie Larson so much? Uh, Sorry, that's she's too that's hot. no, that's me. Wait, what was that? Nothing. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's she's God, too hot. She can't be a real human being. Yeah, God, I no, it just Ugh. last Jedi truthers plus the um anti the Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel haters who are yeah, just it, like. I mean, it's a Venn diagram that is a circle, and it's a really small circle. Oh, I I, I don't know. I just ignore them because well. I'm too gay to care. Yes. Uh, I mean, they're also violent bullies. <laughs> yeah, I just, whatever. Don't give them the time of day. They exactly, don't deserve exactly. it. So, yeah, I read this comic, and I remember when they announced, uh, when Marvel Comics announced that there was going to be a new Spider-Man comic. You know. Me. Uh, Webhead extraordinaire. Very excited for a new Spider-Man comic. I was like, oh, 
I wonder if it's going to be a new kind of Spider-Man, or if it's going to be in a different universe, or if they're going to do something different to his costume. None of that happened. Instead, I got the announcement that J.J. Uh, Abrams' son is getting his own comic book. Mm-hmm. Hooray for him. Mm-hmm. I, of course, have feelings about independent comic creators. And when I heard this, I was like, okay. Hooray for you. This isn't what I asked for and it's not what I wanted. <laughs> but I was like, well, maybe he'll be some... Maybe he'll be a good writer or whatever. The, the child protege. It, yeah, I mean, he's an adult, but... It, is he? I think so. No, I'm not even talking about his age. I mean, like, is he? I don't know. No, what I'm sorry. Let me, let me, let me reiterate. J.J. <clears throat> Abrams is fantastically wealthy. <laughs> when you're that, when you're a rich kid, I don't think you need to try. Which yeah, makes you a kid that much longer. Eat the rich. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think J.J. is that wealthy, but, like, anyway, his kid doesn't need to put in the effort is all I'm saying. Yeah, when I hear about projects Oh, sorry, announced... sorry, hold up, sorry. Yeah, eat the rich, sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, are you, are you licking some boots there, Ben Hamlin? No, 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 I just think there's a... <laughs> All right. Well, not to get too political, but like we can just tax the hell out of J.J. Abrams. But like, let's eat the billionaires. Yes. Anyway, that's all. Uh, but whenever I hear about new comics coming out, I always hope that it's going to be a new name, or you know, someone either a new name of someone who has a history in comics who maybe did indie comics before and now they're getting tasked to do these cool characters that maybe they always grew up and idolized. I never want it to be the son of an already famous movie producer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's as if someone went up to their dad who makes movies and was like, I really like Spider-Man. And he was like, well, okay, I'll get you a comic book. Hey, you know how Dad just made a billion dollars for the Disney company? Well. <laughs> well, maybe if I ask real nicely, I can have one of those properties. I mean, I, I'm quite certain that is 10,000% what happened. And, but then I was like, okay, well, maybe, whatever. It's J.J. Abrams. It's not really all that original, whatever. There's only so many times you can redo Spider-Man, right? Well, this takes place very far into Spider-Man's career where he's married to Mary Jane and they have a child together. Okay, that's fun. It's it's like, okay, that's something, you know, where it starts out after everything has happened, right? However. Sure. Right, yeah, sure. An epilogue within, story. Within the first few pages... It pulled one of my least favorite tropes of all time, which is Did, fridging. Oh, boy, fuck. All right. I was literally about to joke um, if Spider-Man made another deal with uh, Mephisto or anything. But um, no. no, what you said sounds worse. No. Uh, 
an important character dies almost immediately. And, uh, <laughs> comics have this issue that I really hate where they kill off. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Okay, I'm just going to... Okay, spoiler alert ahead. Spoiler ahead. This oh, who comic gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, okay. Mary Jane gets killed in the first few pages. I mean, yeah, you kind of already said that. Yeah. But, uh, so when they were... So when they were marketing this comic, they were marketing it as something that Peter and Mary Jane did jointly. As if Mary Jane was going to be an important character throughout the comic. Okay, that's shady marketing. Yeah, and then they killed her off within the first few pages, probably to get some kind of emotional reaction from the readers. Which just left people like myself feeling insulted and cheated and kind of left a sour taste in your mouth through, while reading the rest of the comic. The art is good. The colors are good. There's some really good dynamic work in there because well sarah pacelli did miles morales oh there we go yeah uh and guardians of the galaxy if i remember correctly yep 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 yep. and her art's really good i just really wish that the writing lent itself to that design more there's nothing dynamic in the writing style they make peter's son out to be a petulant little piss baby and Peter to be a deadbeat dad, which isn't really who Peter would be as a dad. So, like, a lot of writing choices and, like, directorial choices that just didn't sit well with me personally. Like, they were trying to be edgy about it instead of leaning into the story. Like, they were like, oh, let's do Spider-Man, but let's do Spider-Man where he's depressed. Like, really depressed and, like, people are dead and his wife's dead and his son's a disappointment and... Uh-huh. Yeah. The one thing this ha- comic has going for it, and not even to mention the villain who's hasn't even... Who's just boring. Whatever. Kid Avarice or whatever his name is. No, back it up. Sorry. Who's this villain? Kid Cadaverous? Hang on, I need to check again. Kid- Cadaverous? Hang on a second. Uh, like fake Latin for cadaver? Cadaverous yeah. Ellis Uminum or what? Yeah, cadaverous. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to start my, my fucking beatboxing career there. <laughs> yeah, I, I meant to verbally key smash, but I just turned into a beatboxer. Yeah. Cadaverous, hmm. spelled with an O-U-S. Okay, that's Cadaveros. Cadaverose. Uh, not even that cool of a villain. Cool design, not a cool motive. The only thing this comic has going for it, really, that would keep me interested, is that the point of where it starts off after Mary Jane's death, like there's a time skip, is that uh-huh. his son is now realizing that he has powers. Mm, okay. Uh, the only, when I say that the only thing it has going for it is because it kind of, like, we've all kind of been there, I guess. Yeah, we've all 
literally inherited been there. our dad's superheroes powers in a different kind of way but oh I sure mean, oh sure trauma's inherited whatever yeah so that's one thing but i'm not sure how much i trust it being written by jj and henry abrams sorry are you saying this this story about inheriting your dad's privilege might be a little disingenuous a little bit <laughs> or even inheriting generational trauma Because, like, that's part of being a child of Spider-Man is you are taking on, when you realize that you're, that that is who your dad is, that's, like, a big thing. Then you have talks of familial responsibility and generational trauma, and I'm not sure someone like Henry and J.J. Abrams are the ones who are the right ones to do something like that. Yeah, certainly. Um, it sounds boring, frankly. <laughs> it is. I didn't enjoy reading it really at all. Uh, taking aside the fact that this is all, uh, I, look, I didn't read it, you know, I'm taking you at your word. I kind of presumed it was going to be bad when I first heard about it. Um, but like, you know, taking aside the fact that it is, is written by someone who, I don't know how much published work, uh, the, the, the young, uh, JJ Jr. has, um, but I can't imagine it's a ton, uh, but even so, you know, for ignoring the part that this might be somebody's like first major published story, it is an alternate. Is it was it a one off? Is this a one off? It says one of five, so I think it oh, might. Oh God, be. just gonna keep going. Well, it's you, like I mean, uh, well, when I bought it, it's like one book out of five books, ugh. so I think it's. A more contained story yeah okay um well all right so whatever a, a mini series um either way it's just i think maybe because it's an alternate universe and because it time skips so much it is banking off the credibility of the emotions that you the average listener will feel about will feel about spider-man and mary jane or whatever um, but then introducing a character that no one cares about, and I don't mean that in a mean way, I mean literally no one cares about because the character didn't exist before this issue. You see what I'm getting at? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, for again, for completely forgetting who wrote it and how this came to be, completely forgetting that. It is difficult to care about an alternate universe future story about a character that hasn't existed prior to this. The, the weight won't be there yeah that that's it the the weight just won't be there if you did this in normal spider-man continuity uh where you know there were like 10 issues of lead up to it or whatever right or if it was written by a professional comics writer um i don't know you know maybe it would matter um but it sounds like it committed the original sin of um doing that thing that everyone hates fridging uh there's a reason why everyone hates it no, it's been a it's been a fucking faux pas since. I mean, okay, it's been a bad thing to do or whatever. You know, uh, narratively lazy, all that jazz for a long time. Uh, but it has been like a a comic book faux pas to do at least for the last like, you know, fifteen years of critical discourse at least. I don't know when the term fridging originated, but I think it's at least twenty years old. 
Um, like, if you work in comics, you should know what that term means or whatever. But um, it's just, yeah, it commits that original sin. And then it sounds like also, again, I, I, it's a relationship I don't give a shit about and a character I don't give a shit about because neither of this, neither this relationship nor this character existed prior to 10 minutes ago. Yeah, they don't do a good job of... Especially because they make Ben, his kid, out to be, like, a troubled kid right off the bat. You're just like, okay, whatever, he's a snot-nosed kid. As opposed to really feeling for the things that he's gone through. You're like, oh, well, he must be suffering from having lost his mom at such an early age. But we're just told that, we're not shown that. And so it's hard to, I guess feel for the situation or have oh, any absolutely. kind of real empath like empathy for the character at all yeah absolutely because it didn't do the work before that yeah it wasn't great the art was good and that was it again not to be too flippant but his dad just made a billion dollars in box office money and merchandise money for disney and is about to do it again in like a month and a half. Yeah, it's super easy to convince the um, notoriously struggling comic book end of this massive media company that you just made $2 billion for to toss Sarah Pacelli like... I mean, if I was an artist, I'd do it too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not faulting her at all. Obviously, she's... Get your money. <laughs> and, I mean, her yeah. art's really good too, so... And she is presumably not the uh, the daughter of a, a, a multimillionaire uh, media mogul. Uh, yeah. So I don't fault her at all for hustling. Well, she's also done, like, other really great stuff. So. Yes. No, no, of course, of course. Um, th again, there's no shade directed at her at all. Yeah. It's, it's all on the Abrams and, and Disney proper. Yeah. Hell, I mean, I far be it for me to ever defend uh, Mr. Akira Yoshida. Sorry, C.B. Sabolsky. Um... But I bet he didn't even have a say in this. <laughs> I bet this yeah. was, like, so... You know what I mean? Yeah. I bet this was, like, so over his head that, like, Disney merchandising stepped in for this one or whatever. I, Again, not to let him off the hook, but I bet he came into the office and was like, Wait, what fifth Spider-Man book are you talking about? You know, the one that we gave Mr. Abrams over here. Put <laughs> Pulling his head out of House of X for a second. Wait, we're making what? been busy trying to wrangle Jonathan Hickman. Oh, well. Jonathan. Hey, you're doing the good work. Hey, I'm not done, um, I'm not done reading House of X, Powers of X yet, uh, but, um, we're gonna have to record our October special soon, and, like, um, oh, boy. You're gonna talk about, uh, talk about the X-Men? I'm gonna have to. Usually it's me talking about the big two. Yeah. Well, no, I... Oops, sorry, didn't mean to break my entire voice for a moment. Uh, no, I've, um... I think I talk about them pretty occasionally. I, I, you're right, I do tend to stray more toward indie books. More on that in just a moment. Um, but I think I've talked about the big two a, a handful of times on this on this program. It's just mostly me who talks about it. That's what it that is. Was... Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Whenever, you know, there's a new Spider-Man or a Venom... Venom. We are all love Venom. We are all love Goopy Boy. Goopy Boy. Uh, well, that was last month, so at risk of talking more about Venom, 
can I talk about everyone's favorite anti-hero, Judas Iscariot? Venom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, folks, uh, obviously we just had a fun time talking about um, uh, the, the Abrams family. I'm about to start talking about Boom Studios' Judas book, written by Jeff Loveness and drawn by Jacob Rebelka. Um, this is, this episode is about to get a little more complicated. Uh, uh, Nikki and I are both formerly religious, uh, so we will probably, uh, be digging into some bigger themes. Um, and also I will be describing hell <laughs> and eye horror and stuff. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't think this will be particularly, uh, triggering, uh, but it'll certainly be heavier. And if maybe you want to have a good time today, uh, you could skip this segment and that'd be fine. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Uh, but uh, uh, downer downer podcast today. <laughs> pardon? Downer podcast today. It's about to get. I'm about to talk about a book about Jesus that made me cry. <laughs> um, yeah, so folks, super picker upper. Tell super us about picker that horror. Oh, I certainly will. Uh, folks, uh, I'm about to talk about Boom Studios' uh, Judas, uh, once again written by Jeff Loveness and uh, drawn by the incredible, holy shit, the incredible uh, Jacob Rebelka. Um, Nikki, uh, you're formerly Catholic. Formerly, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm formerly Lutheran. Um, boy, we were told a lot. <laughs> don't let him get a foothold oh shut up um <laughs> yeah so you and i uh we both learned some shit that uh permanently affected our worldviews and self-worth uh-huh some things we're still getting over yeah yeah some things we're still getting over um so uh in, in god boy not to get uh, not not uh, god this is gonna be heavy here we go not to get too into my my um agnosticism uh but like i have found in more recent years to sympathize a lot more with the devil (laughs) and a lot more with judas iscariot this is due in no small part to my uh intense affinity for jesus christ superstar the musical now i know what you're thinking special huh you ain't special you too pal us too us too? Are you Venom? <laughs> oh, wait, no. Well, I mean, like, you, me, many other people. Us true hate the Christ. <laughs> we ate him. Bring me the Christ child. <laughs> so that we may give him presents. Uh, this is this is in no small part due to my affinity with Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> and, a, and what I consider a very comparable piece of media, uh, Paradise Lost by John Milton. <laughs> sure and and look again i i uh not to get too heavy but i warned y'all you know um the the kind of standard um anti-religious questions or, or, or agnostic questions um have certainly cropped up in my head i don't think any of my opinions are unique um but you know around um uh you know the predestination of of uh the devil's fall the predestination of judas's fall predestination oh, predestination yeah, like fucked when you're born well no someone else gets fucked and then you're born you know yes i do but but like but you know what i mean like uh, you know the, the the standard agnostic questions like 
the, the, the first ones you kind of start asking yourself and then the story starts to fall apart, so to speak. Um, you know, about like, you know, who's actually running hell? Uh, well, you know, was Satan meant to fall? Was Judas meant to fall? Like all those kind of questions. And uh, good news team, this book answers all of them. Uh, this book uh, is about uh, predestination and about trust and about forgiveness. And mostly it is about mere seconds after Judas hangs himself, his his wandering through hell. So quite literally, it opens with, God, I mean, I wish I could. This book is so artistically gorgeous and also so textually sparse. This first page reminds me of, um, uh, Nikki, I don't know if you've ever read it. Have you ever seen the opening page of All-Star Superman? No. Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely's All-Star Superman opens with four panels, each of which has a caption box that contains two words. It is a picture of like kind of a black hole supernova shot, doomed planet, uh, Jor-El and his wife, desperate pl- desperate scientists, the rocket leaving the, the destroyed planet Krypton, last hope, John and Martha Wayne uh reaching down into the cornfield kindly couple and then the next page is superman flying out of the sun and it just says superman and that is the best two pages a comic has ever opened with Uh uh-huh it's gorgeous uh but anyway those kind of panels and these very sparse captions in this book extremely remind me of that uh in this case it is let me pull it up uh, Judas being handed the 40 pieces of silver um, with the caption, did you know it would be me? Then a shot of uh, Judas uh, going in for the kiss on Christ's cheek from the beginning. And then a shot of Christ carrying the cross up the hill. Did you know all of it? Hmm. And then final shot, Judas, was that why you chose me? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, it proceeds with Judas crying, um, the hanging happening, and then just the world distorting around him as he drops down into hell. And you will notice, as the comic points out to you, that the, uh, necklace of rope has turned into a necklace of silver coins around his neck. Art. Next shot, two-page splash, the harrowing of hell. All caps, Judas. It is so goddamn good. Oh, goddamned, specifically. Um, the the story is told in these, you know, in these kind of sepia browns and and this this very stark blue. Um, all the costuming, as much as I can tell, as someone who is not a uh biblical scholar uh seems to be very accurate looking um everyone's wearing you know the appropriate amount of like traditional shawls and jewelry and everything like that like it looks very accurate ramses the second is in this uh he's black as he was meant to be thank god finally someone did it um obviously there are more fantastical elements uh because eventually uh, because eventually the adversary himself shows up uh, and he's got a rad costume. Uh, but this is like, this is trap. This is tapping into some like actual, God, I hate to say canon accurate. 
but it is like it looks it looks historically accurate for the tale it is telling um it is accurately depicting the cultures that it is attempting to accurately de uh, depict and that includes uh the fact that there are full-blown uh ascension of isaiah angels uh-huh which means nikki uh-huh there are some eyes where they shouldn't be then and, and there's teeth everywhere then... do you want to see a photo yeah cool I will absolutely let you borrow this book, by the way. I need to. Yeah, no, it's good. It made me cry. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of talking around it because this was sincerely emotionally uh, gut-wrenching to read and also because it is such a heavy concept um, that I'm not really fully sure how to grapple with it. Bruh. Bruh. Yeah, I know. One more. Do you ever just have ideas about Dungeons and Dragons campaigns when you're looking at someone else's artwork? Um, yeah, so what this book gets into is it gets into, um, again, the, the, the kind of base questions of like predestination of, and fate. Um, was Judas meant to play this role the whole time? Um, and it sidesteps that for so long as basically Judas wanders through hell um, is attacked by all sorts of demons and lost souls um, and then is eventually confronted about uh, confronted about his predestination and his predetermined falling uh, by uh, Satan himself who appears as this um, uh, very kind face uh, in the depths of hell um, this is not a, a very kind of this, look, this isn't like the, the modern sexy Satan or whatever. This is just like a kind person who's willing to help um, in the depths of hell. And there is great, again, for such a sparse, a, a textually sparse, not narratively sparse, but textually sparse book. Um, there are some excellent comparisons uh, um, drawn between, between Jesus and Satan, um, such that when... Uh, such that when like Judas is talking about like there's been many voices in my life um, but hers was the first and then um, he basically talks about his mother passing um, and then says like the next voice I heard was his and it said follow me um, and it shows Christ with like a pleading hand forward um, and obviously this you know describes how he became the tw uh, the 12th apostle um, and then in the depths of hell you know, as as the demons like flee away from Judas because a voice has called out and told them to go. He looks like it says like I, I turn my eyes up and it was his voice that saved me. And you see Satan himself standing above Judas with a hand outstretched that just says, follow me. Cool. Like, gah. That's good shit. It's good shit. Also, uh, Judas has a black halo around the back of his head the entire time. Like That's in, my aesthetic! Like, uh, like in classic medieval art, you know, like where it's just like an opaque gold circle behind someone's head? Yeah, I know. Yeah, jet black though. Yeah, aesthetic. Yeah, aesthetic. Uh, speaking of aesthetic, there is one thing that's throwing me off from this book. Uh, and that uh, Judas has like stripes down his black robes. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure that's like 
textile accurate for the time period. But it does look like he's wearing an Adidas tracksuit. <laughs> Don't um, you know Adidas, you know, was the first? But, you know, it, it, it has, like, you know, uh, Judas reacting in anger. He's like, holy shit, you were the guy. You were the voice in my head that told me to betray him. And and Satan refuting, like, no, that, that wasn't me, man. That was him. <laughs> Uh, you know, he, he wanted to do that to you, um, you know, and, and, and he truly gets into his role as, you know, not the father of lies, but, you know, the, the, the reverse of that. The, no, I haven't told anyone to do anything. I, I didn't ask anyone to kill their son or to, uh, you know, referring to Abraham and Isaac um, mm-hmm. or to, uh, you know, go to war and anything, or this or that or this or that. You know, I didn't cause the murder of all these people or whatever, you know, the. And he goes through like some of the great Bible stories, David and Goliath, uh, Jezebel, um, Ramses the second, you know, all those kind of stuff. Like, hey, these villains of history, I didn't make them do anything. God made them do things because God needs villains for his goodness, like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know if you've ever read John Milton's Paradise Lost, but that is. I a, have. Yes. OK, cool. We should talk about Paradise Lost more often because I fucking love that poem. It's very rare that I find other people who've read it. That's why. Oh, hello. Hi, Ben. I'm Nikki. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> Hi, Nikki. It's me, Ben. I'm sorry. <laughs> About all of me. What's your favorite okay, part? I've from already Par- accepted that. What's your favorite part from Paradise Lost? Uh, probably the part where everyone dunking on each other all the time. It's just a council of, you know, all the princes of hell dunking on each other. Oh, when, yeah, when one of the, the devils is like, what if we did this? And the next guy's like, that's a dumb shit idea, Beelzebub. And it was like, yeah, they were, well, it was like, yeah, I think it, I think it was. They were like, you're so, you're so, you're so fucking stupid. Beelzebub, you fucking moron. <laughs> this is why everybody hates you, dude. Lord of the um, flies. <laughs> you're not even as cool as Leviathan. The war in heaven rules, actually. Like, the whole war in heaven. Like mm-hmm. all of all of book six and seven rule actually. I'm trying to find the exact text of my favorite part, one of my favorite rhymes. But I also like ah man, I also like Satan flying through the unending darkness to get to heaven for the first time. When he sees heaven from a distance. Yeah. Oh, that's good. No, that's where I get a lot of my my uh mythos for stuff that I write is from the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Apocrypha, and Paradise Lost. Ah, there we go. He soon discerns and weltering by his side, one next himself in power and next in crime, long after known in Palestine and named Beelzebub, to whom the arch enemy and thence in heaven called Satan, with bold words breaking his horrid silence thus began. If thou beest he, but how fallen, how changed from him, who in happy realms of light clothed with the transcendent brightness didst outshine myriads though bright. If he who mutual league united thoughts and counsels equal hope and hazard in glorious enterprise joined with me once, now misery hath joined in equal ruin. Into what pit thou seest from highest fallen? Fuck. That's a uh, that's from book one. There's some good shit in there. Some good shit in that book. Anywho, um, yeah, but no, it is a it is a intense theological discussion, um that uh i guess spoiler warning does eventually side with christ 
um, that you know takes you know some biblical literal um, some biblical literalism some some complex questions about you know Christianity and predestination and illustrates it gorgeously in this in this horrific and I mean I've sent you some of the art just gorgeously illustrated book I want to read this so bad it's so good um, I'm I can't believe I'm about to say this but I don't want to spoil it for you don't then I, I got a good enough feel for it I want to see this for yeah myself. even though it follows the text of the bible i don't want a, a two thousand year old book i don't want to quote unquote spoil it for you nick not to spoil anything but jesus dies um specifically what there is one of the great one of the great things is like um because it shows jesus finally arriving into hell for the harrowing of hell mm-hmm. um and it, you know, it, like Jesus starts to immediately do the get behind me, Satan kind of speech um, when when Satan greets him. Um, and as he is saying that the his text is all in red, as it is in most Bibles. And halfway through that, it starts turning black. Because he's no longer holy and he's no longer in a holy place. That's and, good shit. And then he utters, on the third day, I will rise, you know, start saying that. Satan cuts him off and said, yeah, you said that as a god. You're a man now, and all men do is die. It's a good book, Nikki. I know, you keep, I want to read it. All right, well, unfortunately, there's a line for this copy. Also, at one point, it does flash back to the war in heaven, um... And it kind of looks like Lord of the Rings because, like, Satan is wearing some straight up, like, the last alliance of elves and men armor. <laughs> you know, like, some, like, Gilgalad shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the weapon that he's wielding uh huh, is a morning star. Of course it is. He's, he's wielding a morning star mace. Of course he is. What else would he be wielding? Yep. He even calls him out by name. He calls him, like, Satan, son of morning god uh anyway i have a lot of uh complicated religious opinions i got called out uh, earlier this year for being really into a bunch of catholic angst uh media um and i didn't realize that was a trend for me until someone pointed out how much i love uh jesus christ superstar paradise lost daredevil oh yeah <laughs> the saddest of sad catholics just a yeah just a just a bunch of books about um redemption and about damnation and predestination and and original sin etc 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 someone like finally pointed it out to me like dude you like a lot of this stuff and i just kind of gazed at my work see mighty and despaired <laughs> and realized uh oh. and despaired <laughs> just kind of realized like oh i'm never really gonna escape this culture that i was born into am i <laughs> Oh, you can never really escape it. You either embrace it or pretend it's not there. Anyway, uh, real good book. Um, I'll, I'll lend it to you in like a in like a week when we record Laia. I'm sure. I. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, but I think that's uh, about all we should really say about these comics. Um, just know that it's it's good as hell. Hell, even the cover is like embossed is the wrong word and i don't know what printing term to use but it is covered in like golden like golden thorny vines 
like the crown of thorns is inlaid on the front cover of this book oh in gold beautiful <sighs> choice truly Macbeth. everything i've ever wanted Macbeth, i think counts oh hamlet counts as hell Ham okay. Hamlet Hamlet counts in that category of a uh, religious sad religious sad religious angst that I'm into. Oh okay. Oh absolutely! Like if I kill him now, he goes to heaven. That kind of shit. Oh yeah. Um. All that memento mori shit with uh, York. Well, we all live <laughs> our lives and then we're fucking dead. Yeah. No shit. Uh, folks, I think that's going to wrap up really all we can say about comics. Uh, let's uh, jump into the credits, but first things first, we have a bit of an announcement, don't we, Nikki? I think we do. Uh, Nikki and I are going to be doing a live reading of Paradise Lost in the near future. No, uh, no uh, Nikki and I are working on a new podcast together. Okay, so we are doing a new podcast together, uh, of which, this is Parascience, right? Yes, we're talking about Parascience. Okay, I wasn't sure if maybe I was getting myself into something. <laughs> no, 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 go for it. Like, I know we joke a lot about, give Ben a podcast idea and he'll do it, but I wasn't sure. No, 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 no. I would not pitch it to you mid-podcast. <laughs> no, just talk about parascience for a second. For parascience, uh, Ben is currently the game master. Uh, and Until architect. I will be usurped. <laughs> Until, I guess, I don't know. Bigfoot will get you. Mm-hmm. And then Bigfoot will be the, the GM. Oh, God. Uh, ben is currently, or is now, the architect of our new horror tabletop podcast uh, called Parascience. It is in played in uh, the Cortex, which is new for a lot of us. All of us. Mostly. Uh, features Ben as the GM and me, Maddie, and Ezra of Sneeple as the players. And uh, it's pretty cool. We have a really good spread of character personalities and backgrounds. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, if there's like a spectrum of belief in this world, uh, you, you three are on uh, both far ends of the spectrum and the middle. Uh, yeah, we have a be... we have a conspiracy theorist, who's my character, a atheist exorcist, agnostic played exorcist, by I believe, agnostic but... exorcist yeah. played by Maddie, and an actual Men in Black <laughs> played uh, by Ezra, who ostensibly does quote unquote know everything, but we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, it's a fun exploration, a fun. I don't know if it's a fun time, uh, but it should be an interesting exploration of like, you know, uh, the, the the weird phenomena that exist in our world and how we interpret evidence and what are the boundaries uh, between science fiction stories, supernatural stories, paranormal stories, and horror stories. Um, uh, I think it's fair to say, I guess I don't really know where Ezra sits on this, but I know that uh, Nikki, you, Maddie, and I all really love varying different types uh, and sometimes very similar types of horror. Um, so this is like a, I mean, you and I are fucking obsessed with cryptids. Cryptids and eldritch lore. Yeah, and the three of us are definitely eldritch nerds. Um, 
I'm actually willing to bet all four of us are Eldritch nerds, actually. Everyone tune into Legends of Light every other Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Mm. This will be a fun thing where I keep trying to Eldritch you. We'll see if that's even possible. One of us will know. go mad. One of us will go mad from reading some forbidden text first, right? As if one of us hasn't already. <laughs> okay, on the count of three, we're both gonna say our own names. Um. <laughs> anywho, uh, yeah, no, but I think it's a it's a fun uh, a fun exploration of the boundaries between those uh, all those different types of stories, and then also it's just um, straight up uh, psychological paranormal horror. Uh, and we've been working on this for a long time, and we would really appreciate uh, if you listened. Uh, by the time that we are recording this, the first episode went up yesterday. Um, I guess this will come out maybe uh, later this weekend, um, so it'll still be relatively pretty recent. Um, and we highly encourage you to check it out. Um, I think we're all pretty proud of what uh, of what we've made. Agreed. Um, yeah, so uh, that's Parascience every other Saturday right here on InfinityBreak.net. Uh, speaking of which, uh, this show is brought to you by InfinityBreak.net, where we're telling stories our own way. Podcasts, webcomics, live streams, videos, and more are all available at InfinityBreak.net. If you like what you're hearing, go and go ahead and check out our other shows. Uh, go ahead and support our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash InfinityBreak. Um, and really just help spread the word about all of our various programs. We really appreciate it, you listening. I'm going to save everyone the full credits uh, for now, but, you know, you can. I'm Ben Hamlin. You can find me online at Ben C. Hamlin. That is B-E-N-C-H-A-M-L-I-N over on Twitter.com. And I'm Nikki. You can find me on Twitter at Byrogues. All right. I think that's absolutely everything. Uh, we will uh, we'll be recording our October special uh, pretty quickly after this so that we can be fully caught up. You know, once again, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.